The following is a Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to the Power Cap Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the Power Cap Podcast. And now, let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. It's another edition of the Power Cat Podcast. It's the middle of uh, November already. Eh, it's the 7th. It's, it's the middle-ish of November already. It's the middle of getting to the middle. <laughs> exactly. It's We're halfway half to getting to the middle. We're halfway. Or as normal people know it, a quarter. <laughs> Tippett's chilled rally gate, Zach Carlson, and guys, winter is coming. My car uh, gives me severe weather slash winter weather advisory updates, and it kept sending one to me today. I'm like, no, no, I don't accept this. No, go away. They're kind of behind. Mine was so cold, my auto start wouldn't go. Had, did your auto start, start work there, Zach? Shut up. Okay. On the 19, oh, no. It's probably a 2006. It's an 06. Well, the, the boys survived their trip to Fort Worth. The team didn't, but the boys did. That's the perfect way to describe it. We did survive. <laughs> didn't have a blowout. Close. <laughs> Blew something out. <laughs> Close. Found the only screw in Highway 77 and <laughs> ran over that sucker. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Got to get that fixed this week. It's a PowerCat podcast, and things about, talking about things that need to be fixed this week. K-State football takes on Kansas on Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, and the question looming over all of us is, well, can you actually win this game? Suddenly it seems a lot more tangible as the two teams are tied for last in the Big 12 heading into this contest with identical records. The same. That's awful to think about. It's awful to think about. Well, uh, it's getting a little tense around here with Bill Snyder and company, and uh, we'll see how things shake out over the next three weeks. Just got to win three in a row to go to a bowl. That's it. That's all. You know, beat Kansas, which we're not sure they can do, and then just beat that Texas Tech team that seems to be really good this year. And Oh, then, and then go to Iowa State, which might be the third best team in the conference. I hope that's a 7 p.m. game in Ames. I hope they make it at midnight. <laughs> I don't want to be cold. Oh, you're going to be cold whether it's 11, 2, or 7. <laughs> you yeah, will be I already cold. made the Game of Thrones winter is coming reference, uh, but Ames just seems like a place where the White Walkers would just come out of the wilderness and just start walking towards the stadium. I don't, I don't know. The They're frozen zombies, oh. which seems to be a perfect single-A ball team mascot for Ames, Iowa. They got the Iowa Cubs. Well, that'd be their triple-A team down in Des Moines. If Ames had a team, they should be the Frozen Zombies. Iowa doesn't deserve two teams. Actually, that's a pretty cool mascot right there. The Frozen Zombies? Yeah, it's even better than my mad cows. Okay, you know what? I can mess around all day here, but I don't want to. We're brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. They're not messing around. They're giving you great deals on booze, beer, wine, liquor, other stuff. By other stuff, I don't mean illegal stuff, by the way. I mean, like, cups, mixers. I'm probably jinxing it by saying this, but you mentioned sales. It's like they've had a 
because my whiskey of choice is Crown Royal. Mm-hmm. They've had a quote-unquote sale on Crown Royal for since last February, I think. Like a handle is like $10 cheaper there than it is anywhere else in town. Well, Kevin, if you're listening, it's time to end that sale on Crown Royal. Royal. <laughs> I'm just saying they should make it the, the full-time sticker te- price on there. <laughs> no, it's a nice promotion. You fall for it. Oh, it's on sale! I'm going to go there anyways. And you don't seem to remember that you bought it last time on sale because you drank a whole handle of Crown Royal! <laughs> uh, but get into the fridge, corner of uh, West Loop. No, that's not right. <laughs> Claflin and Westport. <laughs> Never am I going to get it right. I just drive to it. My car knows the way. I don't. Need you were you were better with the the corner of the one street and one street. Yeah, the corner of that street and then the, and the avenue of Taco Bell. Um, and then, of course, the segment's brought to you by Tanner's Tanner's Bar and Grill. You have time for one final final. I love that, by the way, because that's me. Oh, it's one fifty. Three. I got time for another one. It's one fifty-five. I got time for another one. Huh? One final, final. Which is they're always... getting kind of close if they're serving at that time. Yeah, you're you're borderline there. RCPD's posted up <laughs> right up front. Yeah, just gotta have it. They out. do that anyways. Out of you, just gotta have the drinks out of the control of your customers when two a.m. hits the hits the top. I know that. <laughs> I know that from my my Aggieville president days when they try to make up all their own laws. That was a fun time. Here we go. Questions from Wabash Station. And, and I hope there's a lot of good ones about Tanner's in the fridge. I can confirm there are not. Oh, dang. Here we go. From Solly43, with how the game went, should we have just gone for two after that second touchdown anyway? I, I mean, hindsight's 50-50. No. You don't go for two with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. I, You know, I have no evidence of this, but I remember thinking, they're going to score and they're going to miss the extra point. Because it just felt like that game. Yeah, it did feel like that. And lo and behold, I feel horrible for Blake Lynch. Because of everything that went wrong in that game, a missed extra point is the only thing you can literally – point at and say that cost it because i mean st- numbers wise yeah it did not, not according to their coach yeah no, no no that was all the fault of the punt returner yeah that's what i mean though <sighs> yeah. yeah the whole game yeah yeah so we'll yeah get into that yeah it's uh that I, I felt awful for him but it just summed up the season didn't it that, that kid's yeah. been so reliable all year long and then doink I mean, but also, you know, I don't know. I guess I never really have not seen the replay, and I really should go back and watch it because, and I can't tell from where we were sitting with the whole laces in, laces out thing. Come on, it's an extra point. Yeah, that's where I'm at. As much as I believe Blake Lynch shouldn't be blamed, also at the same time, if you're kicking on, above, left or right of the laces, whatever, behind, you should still make a 15, no, yeah, fifteen-ish, twenty-yard, twenty-yard field goal, whatever it is. That when you're lined up down the middle. So, yeah, it's, come on, man. not great. Um, but no, you shouldn't have gone for two in that situation. And I guarantee, you if you go for two in that situation, then everybody's yelling at Bill Snyder for going for two in that situation and losing the game without taking the easy guaranteed yep. extra point. From Canelio, the punt from the Horn Frog thirty-five. That's got to truly signify Bill isn't thinking clearly anymore, doesn't it? I, I thought it was a horrible decision. I don't understand it. To this moment, I don't so, understand it. This is a guy who insisted going for it on fourth down at midfield 
In their own territory. In their own ter- you had to do that, but you don't go for it on the 35. Or you don't even try kicking a field goal. Yeah, yeah they had the, the wind at their with back. With the wind. They had a really strong wind at their back. We're talking a 52-yard field goal with the wind that's certainly in his range. Maybe he's still not all the way back from his leg injury, and that's why. Well, then put McClellan in. I mean, I'd rather see McClellan miss a kick than punt it yeah. for a touchback. I mean, I don't care what their sheet says. I don't care what the chart says that on fourth and three from an opponent's 35, it's the proper thing to do a pooch punt. I don't care how what the numbers say on that. You go for it or you kick the field goal because one of those two is going to give you the better chance to win the game. And it shows me that you didn't have faith in your offense. You don't have faith in your kicker. And you had an unnecessary amount of faith in your punting unit. Well, it's not like it's been that great this season. It's been better since Devin Ankle came on and, and took over the job. But you haven't been that good of a punt coverage team. And obviously you weren't. In, now, I'm trying to remember, was that the one where Brock Monty caught the ball on the one and had his back heel over the goal line? Or was that no, a different, okay, that was a different punt? one later. Okay, but still, the, the, the premise is still the same. If you're going to punt it, you make damn well sure you don't give a touchback. You know that doesn't matter. You can be standing in the end zone on a punt. Not if you're trying to down it. Yeah, you can actually. It's just where the ball is. Well, then Brock Monty got screwed. Yeah, I think they made it. The re- when the refs went and talked, I thought they were talking about his back foot, how it touched the goal line. Yeah, that's why he got. That's why that one punt was a was called a touchback because he was standing in the end zone when he caught it. Maybe it's just control. you got to have control, and then you can go into the end zone. I don't know. I'm just making up stuff. Got another question for us over there? Do. From Freuch 101, Zuber has been the team's best wide receiver. Why leave him in a position he has really struggled with at kicker turner and remove him from the picture of the offense? That's a good question, I would like to answer that question. I do not have an answer for that question. I, I have no answer for that question. You you keep screwing up on punt returns, so we're going to leave you, or kick returns, either one. So we're going to leave you in that, but we're going to take away receiver where you've been effective. It's I, There's stuff going on I can't explain, folks. And Coach Snyder's answer yesterday that it was more about what the defense was doing to take away Zuber. What? It's bull crap. That what? Was, so, he's, he's your best receiver. Yeah, that, that was just – that didn't make sense. It didn't – didn't line up. It was. You're mad at him. Just admit it. You're mad at him. And like the the thought of that answer, the defense was taking him away. So let me get this straight. Your most talented receiver, the one you have the most faith in on your team, you took him out of the game because the defense was taking him away. So therefore, with the defense taking away your best receiver, you went to a less talented receiver. Well, that's what you, that you, makes a lot. You leave of sense. them on the field to make them commit resources to do what they're trying to do, and then it opens up something else. You don't just take them off the field and then let them cover someone else. Uh, crazy talk. Go ahead. From Monica, why do we continue to kick, catch kickoffs within the five and return them to the twelve to fifteen yard line instead of fair catching and getting the ball to twenty five? Really. <laughs> Riley. This is a broken record at this point. Riley. Riley's been saying all year I'm long. Sick of it, man. Put that fair catch up. You're not gonna fumble. I'm so sick of it. 
They're just trying. They're trying to make big plays in special teams, and that hasn't happened this year. And special teams aren't good. They're not good. Let me repeat: the special teams are not good. It's not the problem of one person. It's the problem of the collective. Special teams are not good, and do things that bad special teams teams do. Fair catch when you can. Be conservative when you have to be. Pick your fights and try to cover better. And I'd love to give you an answer from the coaching perspective. Why, you know, coach, why is it? Why do you instead choose to go for a return rather than fair catch and get the ball to 25? But A, I don't get to talk to Sean Snyder for obvious reasons that we never get to talk to any assistant. And B, if I ask Bill Snyder, he is going to revert back to Tyler Lockett, Morgan Burns, and how much success they had in the past. He's not going to address this season. He's going to say how good they've been in the past and that they have faith in what they're doing on the field that they can get past the 25. And to that, I would say, prove me, prove it to me then. Prove to me that you can do it. Don't go off what you think could happen. The numbers point to a fair catch. Fair catch the damn football. Yeah. From KSU, man, has Skyler been playing hurt? He seems much less accurate than he was last year, or is the problem that the wide receivers can't get enough separation to make him comfortable throwing? I don't think he was hurt until he got his head tossed into the ground. <laughs> you should watch Zach's video of that if you slow it down. He's literally standing on his head. Really? It, yeah. He's upside down, head in the dirt, turf, body upwards. It was bad. TV replay didn't show much. Didn't really. I mean, it much. really doesn't look. It didn't look that bad of a, of a play. He went down pretty. I don't know. Slowly, it like happened, it wasn't. Though. It didn't look dangerous by well, any means. Well, they never he, took he away his helmet. Said. They didn't. I don't think they took away his helmet. I couldn't see. When I saw him on the sideline, he was throwing without his helmet. Yeah, that was he, the only time he I wouldn't saw even him, be doing that if he had a concussion. I think he got his bell rung. They put in Alex, and Alex did okay. I, I mean, there wasn't a lot of reason to pull Alex, I, right? That, I mean, I didn't disagree with that at all. And Alex actually threw the better than ball threw the ball better than Skyler has been. It was very curious. So I expect to see Alex Delton on Saturday. I think a lot of it does have to do with the fact that this is just not a good receiving core for him to throw with. I think it, I'm not trying to make an excuse for Skyler. I'm going to make an excuse for Skyler. I think they've shattered his confidence. Yeah. Yeah, that too. I think I think he's been mishandled this year. He doesn't believe in how he can throw the ball and and he, his receivers aren't open and he's trying to be too precise and then he's he's not just throwing the ball relaxed. He's trying to steer everything. I think that's fair. From CDM Goodyear, any chance some or much of the issues may be between the ears of the players? Seems like this team has much less discipline I can remember seeing with Snyder as a coach. If there's a chance, CDM, that it's between the ears, I'd say that there is a 101% chance that this is between the ears. Which would be more exact? 102. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of this is between the ears. I don't, I don't think this team ever bought into itself. From week one, and then, then Texas San Antonio didn't do much to build their confidence after that Mississippi State loss, and and I don't even know how they they squandered any confidence they should have had coming out of Oklahoma State. Maybe the off week was the worst timing, and if they had turned around and played, you know, uh, Texas Tech right then after Oklahoma State, maybe they would have had a fighting chance. I don't know, but um, yeah, this and now from everything feedback we're getting. The, the locker rooms isn't total turmoil after the Zuber comment. So 
we'll we'll find out how they react on Saturday. From Mountain Dew Cat seventy four, is this really a lack of talent or execution, coaching, or all of the above? <sighs> I'm so sick of the execution excuse. Well, that's that. In some ways, it's a lack of coaching. I'll I'll accept lack of execution on things like punt return fumbles because you know Isaiah Zuber is not that bad at punt returns. Like you've said multiple times this year, he has the yips. Once you do it a time or two, it starts to build up, and then you kind of lose confidence. Yes, he's been bad on the field, but I don't believe he's a bad punt returner because I believe he's capable of catching it. So things like that, I'll accept execution. Things like drop passes, um, not being able to get open, bad run block. That's not bad execution, okay? That's just you getting beat. And saying that you need to execute better is the, is an excuse to get out of it and not have to go to the media and say, we are not better than them. Yesterday, and I'm not, I don't want to name him because I, I don't feel like he should be called out or anything, but a player said, we are three plays away from being six and three. And that's just not true. Okay, it's not. Even if you make that extra point against TCU, TCU probably goes down the field and scores. They played really conservative. You're three plays away from a different final score. We just don't know what it would have been. I mean, they don't give up the big play against Texas, a big return. Who knows how that changes the game? Maybe Texas just opens up the offense and and scores on that drive later on. Let's not act like... A few things here and there have you as a six, seven, eight win team. You're just not that good. So stop using execution as an excuse. Bad, bad teams find a way to lose. They're finding ways to lose. Um, this team doesn't have enough talent. They're weak either through, you know, roster attrition before the season or injury attrition during the season. They're just weak at some key positions. Uh, for me, execution is about want to. I think this team goes through the motions a lot of times, um, particularly the offensive line. They just kind of, okay, well, this is where I need to go block instead of going lifting a guy off his cleats and driving him back into the ground. I, I, I just think there's not enough. This isn't a good team. They don't want to win enough. Um, they don't have enough talent. They don't execute enough in the fact that I don't think, you know, for example, receivers run great routes. It's just discipline. Got to be disciplined. So I, this isn't a good team, folks. And we, uh, I think we all overestimated it. But at the end of the day, I think what we most overestimated was the positive impact new young coordinators would have and, and totally glossed over the fact that they didn't know how to do their job for sure at the start of the season. And that doesn't just mean in a game. That means fine-tuning your team in practice and getting them ready for the game. From Wildcat Wabash, what's the more frustrating loss, Oklahoma or TCU? For me, it was Oklahoma, just because I, I, I saw the team quit, and I don't see Bill Snyder teams quit. They can say, well, they put in the backups, but the first string I was laying down. They just they just didn't want to be there anymore. Bill Snyder teams don't do that. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at. God dang it, I don't know. TCU stunk. I was pissed after TCU. They should have won that game. That's annoying. <sighs> yeah, I would describe it that way. After TCU, I think as a fan, you walk away pissed. After Oklahoma, you walk away from that loss just ashamed. Yeah. Disappointed. They're different feelings. 
From Jim Cat, here's an easy question. Who will start at quarterback against Kansas? <laughs> if they're both healthy, I think Alex Dalton will. Yeah, I do too. And, and I'm not so sure that's not the right choice. I think you can run the quarterback run game and Alex Barnes and, and do a lot of damage to KU. Doing my research for the pregame edge here, honestly, man, like either of these two quarterbacks is an okay choice here, honestly. It's not like – like, yes, KU has 11 interceptions on the season, but also Rutgers threw, like, four or five of those, I think. Um, it, they're good in the pass defense, but they're still low in the – they're still 9 or 10 in the conference. They're 10th against the run. I mean, both of them are going to have success. I think both of them would be an all right choice here, and I think they're going to ride with Alex because of his his play at TCU. He throw the ball well. This is a game where I'd be comfortable with them rolling out two quarterbacks because I don't think it's going to affect the team. In past games, it has. Now, I would really like to see Skyler get some snaps here in the final games of the season. Otherwise, we might be, yeah, running out of time with Skyler Thompson. I agree. From T. Everson, when was the last time both teams were this bad heading into the game? 1988? 1989? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't even know about after that because Glenn Mason got KU going pretty good for a while. Pretty bad. And and the thing, the difference here is that that K State is bad right now, and it feels like they're trending down. And KU may be the same level of bad and maybe a worse overall football team. It feels like they have more energy coming into this one. Well, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I just don't know how the teams will handle this game mentally. Will K-State be ready to fight for their head coach? I, I suspect KU will be ready to fight for David Beatty, who is now done as uh, KU's coach pending the end of the season, and will coach this out, the string out. I think they're going to play really hard for him. So K-State's got to match that energy. Against the program, David Beatty's done a good job in this rivalry as of late, getting his team ready to play the Wildcats. 11 a.m. kickoff Saturday, Bill Snyder Family Stadium. The Sunflower Showdown. I wish someone would come up with a better name than that. Um, I like it. Ah, man, it sucks. Uh, KU, K-State, the bottom of the league is at stake. Old times are here again. We'll be right back on the PowerCap Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. And that segment was brought to you by our good friends at Tanner's. The PowerCap Podcast continues shortly. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus their back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com.
We now return to the Power Cat Podcast. We've returned to the Power Cat Podcast, sponsored by Fritz Wholesale Liquor, Fitz, Riley, Zach Toberfest Ale. Yes. It's no longer your month, I'm sorry. It's not my month. Are you still allowed to drink Oktoberfests in November? Oh, yeah. You want to know why? Be a renegade. I drink an Irish ale right now. It's not even around St. Paddy's Day. Not even close. I drink an Irish ale right now if I wasn't at work. We don't drink at work. We don't do that anymore. As far as I know. Anymore. We never did. As far as I know. Hey, uh, we are sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Uh, I don't think they drink at work at all. And that's ironic. I mean, technically they do with the tastings. Oh, yeah. I lied. They do. And and they make that very public. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's really cool. You know what? You can drink at work. Why? Oh, it's a liquor store. Fridge Wholesale Liquor. They're boozed up. You should be too. I would get so fat if I worked at the fridge. Walk over to Taco Bell. Come back, drink a little booze. (laughs) That's a dream job right there. Go with me on this. Vodka-infused tacos. No. Okay. No, God, no. Don't go with me on that one. <laughs> Fridge wholesale liquor, uh, don't infuse your tacos with booze. That's just bad. <laughs> and our segment is uh, brought to you by Wahoo Fire and Ice Grill. Wahoo! That's our new theme song right there. Go into Wahoo and ask for the most complicated drink in the world if Mark's behind the bar. See if he can do it. Don't do that, because I'm probably <laughs> waiting on my drink right behind that order. 11th of tomorrow, right at the, uh, what, east end of tomorrow? Yes. In Aggieville. Do it. Get in there. You're coming in for the game this weekend, 11 o'clock kick. You're going to get out of the stadium. Uh, oh, they only do it on Sundays. Yes. Yeah. You got to get out of the stadium uh, 3, 3.30. What am I saying? 2, 2.30. Um, head on down to Wahoo. Let's be real. You're I don't know what kind of triple overtime game you're thinking of. <laughs> Let's be real. You're leaving the stadium at one. <laughs> oh. You don't want to watch the second half of this game. Oh. If we go to halftime, it's 0-0. Zero, zero. <laughs> See you guys in the Ville. 12-9 Twelve to nine final. 12 to <laughs> Welcome nine. back to 05. Welcome that back, Big Ten so football. Bad. Oh, so bad. Okay. Now what are we going to talk about on the PowerCat podcast? Sports. Okay. By the way, side note, was that not the longest 13 to 14 game of your life? It was a 14 to 13 game, technically. Okay, whatever. Uh, I don't know. Good Lord, for a game that had 27 points scored, that should have been over I, two hours before. I'm trying to recall all the other 14 to 13 games of my life. Well, just any Iowa football game. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, those are always long. <laughs> well, because you got to spend a good 30 minutes gouging out your eyes. This is all about Bill Snyder. Oh, what's up with him? Let's find out. There's a less Miles question in here. Come on now. It's about Bill Snyder to an extent. Whatever. From I Like Pickles Cat, how can Bill recon- reconcile throwing Isaiah Zuber under the bus and making an impact in his players' lives? If he is not living up to the goals he expresses, do you think he recognizes that himself? Yeah, he kind of took a pee-pee on his own goals. Ah. Uh, Folks, I'm not going to defend it. I'm not going to keep harping on it. I thought it was awful. I think it is awful. I'm not sure how he's addressed it with his team, but I'm not sure words fully unwind what he did. He didn't say we didn't play well enough. He didn't say Isaiah's got to stop making mistakes. He didn't say, um, you know, we just 
we, we were coming in too many errors as a group. He said Isaiah Zuber lost the game. Didn't say his name, but obviously it was him. Called him out, man. 90 seconds into the game. People responded to a tweet um, from Dalton Reiser's comments. Yeah, coach called it like he saw it. 90 seconds into the game, a kid muffed a punt at his own 43. It wasn't at the two, folks. Zone 43. It's almost like going forward at midfield and not getting it and handing the team a touchdown. At halftime, that didn't cost them the game. That decision didn't cost them a game. But that muffed punt, even though you tied the game shortly after, even though you scored a touchdown that should have tied the game in the fourth quarter, even though you missed a field goal and then missed the extra point and made a slew of other errors, that play cost you the game. It was inexplicable that he did it. You don't do that to one of your players. You're the, you and your coaches are the ones that put him on the field. I, I just can't, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. I, to, to come out, usually he catches himself on things like that. You know, he hears what he said and then quickly walks it back, corrects what he said, and, and rephrases it. He didn't. And we were all in such shock that he said what he said at the time. And it took a bit. And so then at the end, you know, I gave him a chance to try to clarify what he meant. And you could tell then he realized. But the first quote was said. So I think that was the the straw that broke the camel's back on the locker room issues between the coaches and the players and the players versus the players and and this disaster that is currently unfolding inside the walls of a near foot family football complex from Mountain Dew Cat Mount, Mountain Dew Cat 74 has Snyder really acted out of character or has social media just made this side of him more visible both yeah. both I, but I've never seen him call out a player like that um yeah, you can now really see instantaneously how he handles some of the post game. He's always been really short and tense sometimes in post game. He just got done with a big game, but he is acting out of character as a whole. He really is. You can look if you've been a fan, loyal fan, you followed along. You can just tell by his demeanor and everything that something's different. Something's a little bit off kilter here. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna play doctor here or anything. It's just I, I've got some concerns that something's up, but um, I, I stick by. It's, it's time for him to retire. I don't, I don't want to see him removed. I want to see him understand that we don't have enough talent here to win this season, and it's going to be worse next season. And we're not doing anything in recruiting to really make a difference unless we make a huge junior college run, which I'm afraid they're going to do. <sighs> It's just time. It's time. It's time, and I, I don't think he, he will ever realize that unless they make Sean head coach, and then he'll, then he'll step away. Come on, man. Come on. From Wildcat Wabash, could you add some clarity to the North Texas head coach article, and what you found so interesting about how the athletic department responded to it? How the athletic, athletic department didn't respond to it. I mean, I they, they don't do that. I don't understand that at all. I don't understand this question either. I think he was just asking for more clarity on what the article was like. The angle that we took on it 
hey, look, uh, I had a, a series of texts about Seth Luttrell, who I think would be a great candidate for the head coach thing, so I followed up on it. I did what a reporter does. I followed up on it, and I contacted uh, a source I know that would be very familiar with the situation, and he LOL'd. I don't know what else to say. I'm 100% confident. Nobody was here. Something was out in the public. I did reporter things and followed up on it. To reporters do. From Mountain Dew Cat 74, does Snyder retire or become more convinced he can fix it? Is he willing to change to fix the problems? Oh, he's not. No, he's not changing anything right now. That's the problem. He needs to change recruiting totally. That's the problem. He won't change. He's... He's just become so stubborn in everything. The guy that would be able to alter and change his ways in the past has now become the opposite. He will not change. This is how they do it. This is what they do. This is how we do it. And that's that's really the problem. There's not enough talent in this program. There's just not enough there. So that's all this falls right at his feet. All of it. Everything taking place. And, and uh, I, no. And it's going to be more of the same. It's the, the the trajectory is set at this point. It's just depending on when donors, fans, administration all realize that this arc is going one way. And I am afraid that he tries to convince himself that he can ride it up, ride it all back to the the calm waters one more time. I mean, because he's done it a few times. And his system has worked a few times. So I believe he could try to convince himself it'll work in 2019. And it's not going to. Like Fitz said, the trajectory is not good. It's not. I mean, people quit trying to make comparisons to previous seasons. They haven't had this kind of attrition that you probably must not be aware of. The number of players that have left this program. I wish I had the numbers right here at my fingertips. But there's just been a lot of younger players that have left the program um, in recent years. The the cupboard has hardly anything in it. I mean, there, there's some young guys coming up at some positions, but there's just not a lot there. Just not. From Emmycat14, if Snyder does retire and they hired you as the new head football coach, who would you keep, if anyone, from this current staff? Do you think a new head coach would consider anyone? I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to say I'd get rid of this guy or that guy. I mean, there's certainly guys I would think people would want to keep, you know, Colin Klein. The problem is the, the other guys that jump out at you, Blake Seiler and Andre Coleman, are coordinators, and that means you're going to keep them as coordinator. You know, I, I don't, I, any new coach is going to want his own guys, and they're going to want certainly their own coordinators. That's the thing. It's a guy like Charlie Dickey, one of the most yeah. regarded offensive line coaches in the entire country. Yes, he has a, a great track record, and he's very good at what he does. But that's that's not to say that K State's the only good offensive line out there. You know, there's there's plenty of offensive line coaches out there that can do just as good, if not better, of a job than what Charlie Dickey does. So it's really tough. To, to identify who the next coach, if it, there is a new one, would keep, who he wouldn't keep. You know, you've got your ideas. I've got my ideas. You know, I I think that Andre Coleman is a really bright offensive mind. But like Fitz said, he's probably not going to want to take a step back. So are you willing to keep him on as a coordinator? That's where the line's going to get drawn. And if you guys got, you've got guys stepping back, you might be asking for trouble in your coach's room. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll expand upon it. Who was the question for him? Uh, Emmy Cat 14. Yeah, I'll expand on it this way. I, 
if it's someone within the coaching tree, okay, if it's a if it's a Brent Venables or Jim Levitt or someone else, they're going to have existing relationships with some of these guys. So I think that the possibility of more guys sticking around would be very tangible. And I know Bill Snyder will want Sean to have a spot on the staff. I think that what is going to happen over the next few weeks might decide that if this is indeed the end. Um, if it's someone from the outside, like a Seth Luttrell or anyone else, they're going to hunt their own guys. Maybe someone like Colin Klein would jump out of them, out at them. Uh, maybe someone like Charlie Dickey said they've always had a great offensive line. I probably want to keep this guy. It's better than anyone else I have. I don't know. But that more likely none or very few guys will stay if the hire is outside of the family. Inside the family, I, I do think a majority of the staff, no matter what, is going to be gone. You can't. You can't just say it was all Bill Snyder's fault. The recruiting, I think, is Bill Snyder's fault because he sets the rules and he and he hires these guys and he's hired you know had a tradition of hiring older guys who have been very good coaches but not as effective recruiters and he just doesn't let them go out enough. He doesn't give them enough support staff in the in the office. There's not enough of everything because this is the way we've always done it, and that's the worst answer in any business. I don't care what your business is. This business is football. This is the way we've always done it. It's the worst way to do it. We don't even do what we've always done here. No. And and this has been a successful business for 22? 22? 20 years. 20? 21. 21. It, we, and we make changes all, all the time. On a monthly basis. Yeah. Weekly sometimes. It's, it's ridiculous to do the same. Definite, like they always say, definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. You should don't tell my wife that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. From Purple Powerhouse, there's widespread speculation that KU's Jeff Long is going to hire less miles. He's not the be all end all, but he would automatically be the best coach KU has had in ten years. Does this create added pressure for Gene Taylor to nudge Bill Snyder out the door and swing for the fence, offering uh, as an example, offering a huge paycheck to Brent Venables? Look, first off, I want to argue that. Mark Mangino is a better coach than Les last ten years. at Kansas. Not the last, ten not the years. last ten years. He was a coach in '09. Mm. Yes, he was. He took well, him to the inside bowl. David bowl. Bay's four years. Charlie Weiss was three. I think you're right. Yeah, he was a coach in '09 when well, they went to the inside. Turner bowl. Gill was two. Turner Gill Gil never went to a bowl game. No, but how many years was it? Yeah, 10 I thought he was three. I thought. I'm oh well. Sure. Anyhow, anyway, it, I would argue he's not Mangino better than Mangino. We'll, we'll all agree on That's that. That's just my argument. Uh, I think Mangino firing Mangino was a horrible mistake. But, anyways, that's not the question. It's a. It would be a good hire for Kansas, I think, because I think Les Miles is a, a pretty good coach. However, and it's not on the same scale, but I think that what KU is trying to do with Les Miles is win a press conference. Yeah. Much like what they did with Charlie Weiss. Yes. And I will say this, if Gene Taylor panics, and I'm not saying he will panic, but if Gene Taylor does panic and see KU is hitting a home run press conference higher, he might get the urge to do something. So I guess the way I'm looking at it is Gene Taylor needs to worry about Gene Taylor in Kansas State. You know, is there an opening? Do I need to make an opening? Things like that. Don't worry about what Kansas is doing because – Hell, if they brought in Nick Saban, it's gonna be it's still gonna be an uphill battle. Because look, David Beatty's not been the greatest coach, but let's not act like the KU's been bad strictly because of David Beatty. He doesn't have the resources. He was left with a disaster of a program. 
it's going to be an uphill battle for anyone at Kansas. So I, I really think, and Nick Saban's a bad example. I know he, he's an amazing coach, but whatever KU does should not influence Kansas State unless, unless you know, let's just say Seth Luttrell, because that's been the hot name out there, is at the top of both schools' list, and it sounds like KU starting to close in. Then yes, then you start worrying about what KU's doing, but that's the only way you you care about who Jeff Long hires at Kansas. I am going to go as far to say this. I think Les Miles will be a tragically bad hire. Whew. He would be better than Charlie Weiss, but what makes it tragically bad is you've got to get this turned around. Now, maybe Jeff Long's just thinking about fundraising at this point. Let's win the press conference. Let's have a surge in giving over the next couple of years because he's a smart dude. He knows they have to fix those facilities. they got to. They're they're playing with Big Eight facilities twenty years into the Big Twelve era. I mean, they, they they've they painted a few walls and put up some practice fields, but they need a total stadium redo over there. They need a locker room redo. They need everything redone. Uh, you know, honestly, they just need to tear down and start again. But it's a Memorial Stadium, and they can't do that. Um, but I mean, I've I've long advocated they need to take down whatever they can take down. And go play in sporting slash arrowhead for a couple of years and rebuild. Be a pretty rowdy environment, even for a KU and, game. And not just not rebuild what that plan they have for sixty thousand seats. University of Kansas, quit thinking with your wanker. You don't need sixty thousand seats. Stop. You need TCU Stadium. You need K State Stadium. You need Baylor Stadium. That's where you're at with football. Nice but realistic. And you can be a powerhouse program with nice but realistic. I mean, Oregon is a perfect example. They've got a small stadium. You know, what seat, 50, 55? I can tell you. Similar to K-State. Yeah. And look at that. They're regarded as a national power. The thing about Les Miles is he was pretty good at Oklahoma State when they got pretty good players in the Big 8. And then he went to LSU and got great players. And when he had great players, he could be good. He's not going to get that level of player. It's just not. He'll land a four or a five star here and there because he's less miles. Right. But KU's landed those players before every now and then. They have a transfer from Alabama on their roster right now. You don't think he was a highly regarded recruit? Exactly. But he's not making an impact. I would hire Willie Fritz over less miles. But you don't win. A, we don't win a press conference with that. Exactly. I think over the course of three, four years, you win more football games. But you don't win a press conference. You don't fundraise. You don't do those things. Ask yourself this: If Les Miles is such a great hire, how can Kansas hire him? Why has he not been hired? Nobody wants him. There's something going on here. If he's taking Kansas, one of the two lowest rungs right now on the Power Five ladder. That means there's just nothing out there for him. And ask yourself why. And I think you'll come to the answer. So go ahead. Make that hire. Feel good about it. Cheer the press conference. I remember the day you hired Charlie Weiss, and I said the exact same things. This guy isn't what you think he is. I'm, I, I'm fine with that hire. I think it's good. Now, if they went and got us south of the trail, yeah, I think it would be a great hire. I think that'd be a much better hire. I don't think they can, but, you know, that's the issue. You need to go identify someone who has limited options, who has a 
an upside and ability. And it just Kansas needs to decide: are we are we shooting for better, or are we shooting for uh, we want to be a conference contender? You know, honestly, you should always shoot for being a conference contender. But football in Kansas, with the way basketball is, man, if you just if you did what K State did with Bill Snyder, let's just get good, man. Let's just get better. Maybe you get great. But if you're shooting to be great, there's a good chance you're not even going to be good. And here ends the lesson. From Emonica. That was very priestly or ministerial or whatever the word is. Go ahead. From Emonica. Can our program afford to let Snyder assess his position after the season per usual? No. No. It's ridiculous. This nonsense got to stop. And if you're going to do it, you give him three days. I mean, the fact that, let's see. Last year, the Cactus Bowl was on December 26th, right? Yeah. And the reports or whatever, the news that Snyder was going to – when the athletic department announced that Snyder was going to return this season, that was January something. I, I couldn't tell you the date. But, I mean, it was well over – it probably pushed a month. If he had decided at that point that he was going to be done, your list of guys that you put make the head coach is – incredibly thin you're left with sean snyder maybe jim levitt uh i mean andre coleman (laughs) charlie dickey you're not gonna go pick anybody off in late january early february you're not hiring a coach and signing day it's not gonna happen you gotta make the announcement by the 12th game and and let let it be known that that job is open. Or Monday after the twelfth game. I mean, just no, you just can't. You can't do this. You can't. And it's just it's not a good circumstance. You can't let any employee do this. If an employee is underperforming, you make a change. I never thought it would come to this. It shouldn't be coming to this. We shouldn't have to talk about this. It's just it's. It's sad and disgusting and horrible. This is Kansas State's football program. Someone came out of retirement to fix Kansas State's football program and, in his own words, pass it off in a better situation than he did last time. And none of that's happening because now it's viewed by too many people as Bill Snyder's football program. He can do with it whatever he wants. Wrong, wrong, wrong. I love the man. I love him. I respect him. I wouldn't have this living. I wouldn't have this life without him. But there comes a time when you got to say, enough, enough. It's time to move on. Uh, Because, folks, looking down the road, that road gets pretty scary. And that's if he retires right now after this season, not another year down the road. We'll see what happens. That's the second half of the Powercat Podcast. The overtime's on the way. Uh, it's going to be about? It's quick. I won't lie, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Good. be a little fun. Fridge Hill Silica, Wahoo, your sponsors for this segment. Here we go. Final break before the overtime. The gang will return with more of the Powercat Podcast. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. 
It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus their back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan. Online at FridgeLiquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. Back to Fitz on the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Yep, we're about done with the Power Camp Podcast. This is it. We're in the overtime already. That's how quick it went. We start, we end, we add on an overtime in case you want to listen to that. Tim Fitzgerald Radigates, Zach Carlson. Uh... So this is going to be quick. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't tons, um, and I don't blame you guys. When you have a when you have a b- bad football team to follow, nothing to laugh your, about. Here. Your creative juices are just. Eh. Yeah. We're brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. They're never. Huh? They're, They're always, always yum. I was going to go. Yeah, that's good. I like it too. Uh, and the overtime is brought to you by. Uh, 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 I was going to say something funny, but I got nothing. You got nothing? The Hilo. The Hilo. Oh, that sounds good. Can we go there for the lunch? Hilo. Oh, we could. We what time do you guys got basketball media? 1.45. And I gotta, I'm got i going to put this together real quick. Okay. Yeah. Let's consider it. Okay. Done. You know, We're going to do Chick-fil-A. it. Okay. We'll Raising be at uh, the Hilo for lunch. So if you want to p- speed through the power cap pot, someone s- skips ahead to the overtime. <laughs> yeah, by the time you hear this, we'll be gone. So don't. Well, no, do go down there. But you just won't find us. Yeah, go there. And you will feel essence of Riley in the air. Or smell me. Probably my radiation. radiation. (laughs) If there's a stool glowing, that was mine. That's mine. Here we go. It's the overtime period. I'm told it's not long. (laughs) I've been told that before. Here's Zach Carlson. From Wildcat Steve 18. I think that's a new one. Is that a new one? It's a newish. Yeah. Okay, welcome. How many Super Bowls do the Chiefs win over the next 15 years with Showtime Mahomes at quarterback? Hold on, 15 years? 17. He's not going to be here 15 years, I don't think. They're going to win 17 Super Bowls in 15 years. That's how good he is. They're going to make new Super Bowls for him to win. Call me when the Chiefs get a defense. Like, Chiefs aren't winning the Super Bowl this year. Oh, they'll get some guys back. They got Sorensen back off the deal. But when they get him back, what? (laughs) You're nine games into the season. So what? They're pros. Get him up to game so, uh, speed. Try to go against Tom Brady. They had to Try play. to go against Drew Brees. Tom Brady had to play a perfect game. Jared Goff. To win at home. I'm telling you, man, the Chiefs need another piece. It, they've, they've been all the other it. contenders have gone out and added somebody. It, the Saints just added Des Bryant. 
the Chiefs need to do something. They need to add something on defense, and they've tried. They just have struck out. I think they're just relying on their guys getting back from injury and being good enough and just good enough and outscoring everyone. I admit I'm a little nervous of that, but so far it looks like they're capable of outscoring everyone except a dynasty franchise on their home field when they play a perfect game because they did. From Mountain Dew Cat 74, Will the NCAA punish any of the Adidas scandal schools? I doubt it. It'll no. be nominal. And it, and I've said this before. Riley, give me your thoughts. Do you think they will? No, because, like, it, all you have to do is think about it this way. Has Have you ever known Mark Emmert to do something no. honorable? No. And the NCAA makes too much money off of Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if the FBI and the court found them to be the quote-unquote victims in this situation, the victims of the shoe companies, why are they going to punish them? What's there to punish them on? Come on now. Well, the rules are pretty clear that you can't do what they've done, even if they were the victims of being forced to have great players. Whoa. Um, I, you know, I've said this before. Just come to some plea bargain, basically. Here's what you're going to have, you know, coach can't go to AAU, you can't, limited recruiting visits, whatever. We're not going to punish the kids who are unrelated. No kids that were involved can be playing. And from here on out, it's the death penalty for any coach who does this, period. Coach, it's done. You do this again, you're never coaching in college again. So you can jump to the NBA, but when you wash out there, don't come back because there will be no job for you. I think it will stop it. Done. We're done with this. I can't believe Curtis Townsend still has a job. Honestly, I got to prove enough to get rid of him. I, they, they proved it. <laughs> Ku thinks you're above the rules. They Wash your hands do. of it. From T. Everson, what's the weirdest place you've ever woken up? <laughs> I feel like there's a backstory why he's asking this question. Right. Come on, Tim. What's your answer, Tim? Hmm. Um, I'll go and say. Uh, Let's see if, off the top of my head, do I have anything weirder than this? No. No. The weirdest place I've ever woken up was on the couch of a random person in Hayes. I was visiting my friends. I will admit, I probably had a little too much to drink. And I was at a friend's house, went outside to use the bathroom. I guess I, and the houses look very, you know, there's those areas of town where all the houses look the same. And I walked into a different party that was going on, not my friend's house. Fell asleep on the couch, woke up, not in my friend's house. I would good move. So when they woke me up and said, do you know where you are? And I said, I'm in Hayes. Where's my friend Sam? And they said, who's Sam? I kind of (laughs) panicked. That's nice. I don't got nothing. I don't have anything. I've always really. Woke, I've always woken up yeah. where I've gone to sleep. Zach has a story. Let's just put it that way. Come on now. I don't have anything. <laughs> Come on. Not my first year anymore. I didn't know where this question was going. Now I do. Uh, hey, you know what? I actually don't. Well, now I regret sharing my story because I thought you guys were going to have. Something. I don't. I don't. I no. I mean, I I know this. Every morning I wake up and I'm not in Vegas, and that makes me sad. I just want to wake up and go, oh, I've been in Vegas all my Sounds life. Sounds like a Katy Perry song, is it not? I, I Something about waking up in Vegas. That's what know. you get for waking up in Vegas. Yeah. No. Yeah, that, that's yeah. a song. I know it is, but I'm, no. Also from T. Everson, uh, what is the favorite thing you've ever written? Uh, probably my Jacob Poland story. 
from last year with that uh, NBA exhibition game. That's probably what I would say. Okay. Because it was really cool. To, dude, I got to shoot the you-know-what with Frank Martin on the phone for like 20 minutes. And to someone that idolized Frank Martin as a fan growing up, that was pretty cool. And Jake. I don't have anything. What's your favorite video? Favorite video? Um, maybe my senior video from like four years ago. Took a long time. I wouldn't say it was the best thing I ever did, but it was the season. Right. The maybe season three years cool. ago. Whichever one I took, the Alamo Bowl sound from the. They're coming out of the locker room and they're doing the Wild Gas. We're ready to roll. roll. That chant. <laughs> Like that. Anything I, I've ever used that for. When I was at the Salina Journal, I was a sports guy, but I also wrote some like fun columns for the editorial page. I once wrote a whole column about how someone stole my trash dumpster. What? Yeah. And how did you write a column on that? It was just about the sport trash dumpsters been kidnapped. I don't know. I really liked that article. Got a lot of feedback. People laughed their asses off. But my trash dumpster was alone and cold and out in the world. Someone actually stole my trash dumpster. Who steals a trash dumpster? Like, where are you at in your point of your life where you're stealing someone else's trash dumpster? Like, this is a trash company's dumpster with mm-hmm. a number on it. Mm-hmm. Were you still getting billed for someone else's trash? No, they brought us a new can. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. I, we had a, a call. We had a call. The Salina Waste, whatever. Uh, someone stole our dumpster. Excuse me. Yeah, our, we no longer have our dumpster. <laughs> I don't know. Of everything that Tim Fitzgerald has written in his history of being a journalist, award-winning, award-winning columnist Tim Fitzgerald's favorite story is about a stolen trash can I dumpster. I think my favorite Salina. sports column still goes by. I don't have this one anymore. I wish I did. Uh, I covered what was it, ninety-three. Uh, the years all run together when you're old. Yes, ask the Final kid that was four. born in '96. Final four in New Orleans when Chris Webber called the timeout. Ah, and so I was there for that game and I wrote about that. Your story for being there, the fact that you weren't supposed to be there, but you decided to just hang around is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I just wasn't going to leave like most beat writers did after KU lost in the semis. I stuck around, sat on the fourth row, and Chris Weber called a timeout I didn't have, and I, I wrote about the team who never seemed to listen to their coach, decided at that specific moment to call a timeout to listen to their coach. <laughs> didn't have a timeout. Oh, Which probably their coach had told them, but they didn't listen to them. <laughs> so, yeah, you know what? And, and aside from that, I think some of my personal blog stuff's been pretty good. So, I'm, I, you know, I can get into a bunch of K-State stuff, but it's all damn good, isn't it? <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, I, yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, my lifeoffits.com blog. I, I feel like I've written a couple. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. No, not shameless. I'm proud of it. <laughs> proud of it. From Darren Sproles Superfan, do you think someone like Terrence Newman or Darren Sproles would return as a position coach if the opportunity presented itself? Are we sure that Darren Sproles Superfan is not Darren Sproles? He's always plugging Darren Sproles. No, but he's a Superfan. Hmm. No, I, you know, I, I think Terrence I can see coach. Terrence. I mean, the thing is, Terrence is only going to coach at K-State under Coach Snyder, I think. Nah, I don't agree with that. I don't think someone from off the tree would no, necessarily go that. find him. I think if, if someone he knew, 
or, or who, knows, who knows in the coaching profession, maybe they end up hiring someone who was briefly with the team that Terrence was with and they really liked each other. You just never know. Darren doesn't strike me as a coach. No, he doesn't. Just kinda... Darren strikes me as someone who's going to work in the community with kids, not yeah. college age, not high school age, but kids. You know, because giving them opportunities to do stuff. Sure. Terrence should be a coach. I think Terrence could be a head coach. Although I think Terrence is calling after he plays, he'll be on TV. He's really good. And I think Jordy could be a really good coach, but I think Jordy, once he's done with playing football, he'll he's be, be done, done with football. playing football. He's yeah. done with football as a whole. Back to the farm. Uh, you know what, honestly, I, Jordy's going to farm, and I can see him coaching the high school team. I can see him not is a thing. Well, I think he might be the dad that just sits there in the stands and watches his kid. I agree. I think when he's done with football, he might be completely done, but I can also see him, you know, after five years of farming and Riley County needs a football coach. Head coach, coach of the Riley County Falcons. Oh, good deal. NFL Pro Bowler Jordy Nelson. So, wow. So. If I had kids, I would send my kids to Riley County. <laughs> but, you know, I you don't know how things are going to work out. There's a lot of guys out there banging around. There's there's fewer guys coaching than I thought there would be, actually. You stop and think about it. But, you know, Jake Waters is at UTEP now, and you don't know where he's going to go. We'll find out. We'll find I'd love it if Terrence is back. He's just the best. From T. Everson, we kind of touched on this earlier, but how much confidence do you have in Jeff Long picking a coach who can stop KU from stucking? I mean, he didn't get the job because he's a great athletic director. He got the job because he knows people in the coaching profession that can make an impact to KU. So I would imagine that he is capable of hiring somebody, whether that be Les Miles, Seth Luttrell, or any other, you know, a G5 head coach or a P5 coordinator. It's going to be a decent hire, I think. I don't know if they'll be back to six-win KU, but they're definitely not going to be a doormat anymore, I don't think. I agree. I, I got nothing to add to that. I think he's going to do a good job. Well, you Make it a home run hire is so much chance. He can be the right guy at the wrong time, right school, wrong time. There's just so much involved in it. You get the right quarterback, but I think he's gonna he's gonna improve their football program. I you know I don't know why Brett Bielema is not coming out for that job. I'm gonna be honest with you. Brett Bielema is living the life right now. He's on Arkansas buyout money, yeah. and he's getting paid. I don't know what he's getting paid by the New England Patriots to be a quote special associate to the head coach. And, and I guess he's like in the master class of coaching under Belichick. He's with him constantly. Do we do, do we really think Bill Belichick needs a special assistant to tell no, him anything? No, I think it's it's not about him helping Belichick. It's Belichick is taking yeah. him under his wing, it's and he's like, got to be making a million there. I, I doubt that. Nah. But I think it's just. Look it up. Incredible opportunity for him. He said he doesn't want to back in college. He wants to be in the NFL. We'll see. From Canelio, when was the last time any of you had a drink at the Aggie Lounge? I don't think I ever have. Uh, it's been it's been a while. It's been since Bill Murray lived. No, I've had one since then. It would have been Brett was here, so uh, five years ago, maybe. I've had only a, been had a once. Bush Light. Do you really have a drink at the Aggie Lounge, or do you have yeah, a bush line? One beer and leave. That's what <laughs> it was Tyler Dryling's going away party before he moved to moved to Hawaii. So we went out. We'd always, like, whenever we'd go out, we're like, we're going to go to the Aggie Lounge at some point. And, like, that was literally the last time we could. And we're like, well, we said we'd do it, so we went. I think it was every time I've ever. Uneventful. It's what it is. Yeah. Aggie Lounge doesn't try to be anything it's not. Let's right. put it that way. 
every time I've seen it, it's either been dead empty, so you're like, heck no, I'm not going in there. Or it's been so full that you go, I'm not going in there. I can't right. get anything in there. So I don't think I've ever been there, actually. From Parker, this is the last question oh, over time. The Parker? The Parker. The par- what, no, I like Pickles Cat questions? No, he didn't even post. No. Come on, Pickles. Oh, man. We, we shamed him. By making a whole segment about him, I thought I was doing him a. Now he's conscientious about burnout. It. We love you, picks. Picks. We love you, man. <laughs> uh, give me this part. Yeah, bra. When yeah. when is it acceptable to put up a Christmas tree and listen to Christmas music? November, whatever after the Friday after Thanksgiving. Oh, Black Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Black Friday. Black Friday is the first time you should ever hear Jingle Bells played. I, I'm a fan of Christmas music, mostly because I, I don't too. remember music, and I just walk around singing Christmas music, usually with bastardized lyrics. But I do sing Christmas lyrics. My wife, <clears throat> we're going to take a deep look into the psyche of Rebecca Fitzgerald right now. Hallmark movies? Hallmark movies and uh, trees for every season. She was dec- <laughs> she was decorating her Thanksgiving tree. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's a Halloween tree. There was a Halloween tree. It became a Thanksgiving tree the other night. Uh, we have a winter tree that is always in our bedroom because it matches the colors. Um, but when time comes for Christmas, which is Black Friday and on, we will have at least four trees in our house. One full-size tree, others kind of decorative trees, uh, maybe five, six trees. You know, one small one on the countertop in the bathroom, the hall bath, and another one on the entry table, and one down in our bar. Yeah. So whatever we can limit it to, let's limit it to that. Because we're going to, I might be wearing tinsel for a month. She de- might decorate me. This is a cry for help to end this week's PowerCat podcast. Please, is there a counseling group for Over Decorators Anonymous? Because she needs it. An intervention. An intervention. We're doing this because we care about you, Becky. Fritz can bring the coffee. <laughs> I'll bring the donuts. Tim Fitzgerald, Riley Gates, Zach Carlson. We're going to talk to you next week following the K-State KU game Saturday, 11 a.m. Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.